We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedelian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Welcome once again to Shining Stars. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary cites 1991 as the very first time that the word cyber crime was uh, used. Now, just over three decades later, technology has developed to the point where most of the electronic devices we use today probably would be hardly understood by somebody in 1991. Along with that, of course, cyber criminal attacks have become more prevalent and more sophisticated. How concerned should you be? And what can you do to make sure that you are not a victim of cybercrime? Well, LCC Connect features a program called The Safety Plan, and it is intended to answer these questions and help listeners become more educated on practicing good cyber hygiene. And I'm pleased to welcome into the studio today our host of The Safety Plan and Lansing Community College's Director of Information Security as well, Mr. Paul Schwartz. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, we should have a sound effect there, yeah. Big D. Well, that you, would really you know, I, like most of intro. the shows do have that sound effect. Me, <laughs> I just like to let it let it be. Let it let it sink in. Well, sure. welcome to the show, Paul. Uh, th- this, of course, uh, conversation is something that uh, I don't know if you recall it, but I do. We we had a little bit of a conversation here at the studio last week, and uh, that's what prompted me to bring you in. First, before we get started, do me a favor, like just kind of give me a quick synopsis of how you got from wherever you were in the world to here at Lansing Community (laughs) College as the Information uh, Security Director. Great. Thank you for that um, enormous uh, intro and and welcome. And I'm... (laughs) Super happy to be here. I love talking to you, and so this will be fun. Um, so, uh, back in the beginning, um, I guess uh, where to start? I grew up in Iowa, and then went to school and got a computer science degree, mm-hmm. and then from there, I started a twenty-year career in the Air Force as a communications officer. Very good. And so, through the Air Force, I did some boring things, which were like configuration management and. Um, incident response. Um, uh, But I did do some exciting things. I did uh, software maturity reviews on the B-2 bomber. That's the big stealth Blackwing bomber. And Mm -hmm. then I worked in uh, for the British government in London on an exchange program. Um, I I led the Air Force ROTC detachment at the University of Minnesota and um, did various jobs during the 20 years. More or less as an officer, they rotate you every two years. So Executive officer, chief a good, staff. Good bulk of it sounds like it was military yep. oriented. Yep, yep, definitely. Okay. And over that 20 years, I did uh, earn uh, two master's degrees and a whole bunch of valuable certifications that culminated in a CISP, which is a Certified Information Systems Security Professional, which is the kind of the gold standard of certifications for cybersecurity. And mm-hmm. then eventually retired as a lieutenant colonel back in 2014 and moved to Lansing to be closer to family. 
And I was minding my own business for about six months and then happened to get a job here at LCC as the director of <laughs> So it was security. completely accidental. But. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I've been in this role for the last eight years here at uh, LCC. All right. Uh, you know, you gave me a funny look when I said the Merriam Dictionary said in 1991 as the first time that the word cybercrime was used. Do you feel like that's appropriate or not? Yeah, yeah, right. I think I've used that exact quote before in my past. Okay. I think that's why I gave you a funny look. All right. See, I thought maybe I was wrong on my fact checking there, and I found it on the Webernet. And as you know, everything on the Webernet is completely and utterly truthful. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which kind of brings us to uh, the point of today. Everything on the Internet is not truthful, of course. Um, and there are a lot of things you need to be cautious of. There was a point where you and I had a conversation. You happened to stop into the studio last week. And I kind of was telling you a, tr a little bit of a problem I was having with my Mac. And you you kind of like eased my anxiety about being hacked or anything like that. Uh, you, you know, you kind of said... In summary, you are not important enough for anybody to want to hack into your computer, which you were right. I finally did figure out the issue to my computer. It was something else and not having anything to do with that. It, yeah. it, it basically was it's a Mac and, and the tracking pad sometimes goes bad. So that's what I dealt with, but it was enough to make me feel a little bit of anxiety. So to kind of kick off and, and kind of get this conversation going, what I'd like to know from you is, is as far as the average person goes, somebody like you or me, I, I, and you're a little above average, of course, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. keep spreading that message. <laughs> but uh, as far as the average person goes, what what do they need to think about? What do they need to be careful about when it does come to cybersecurity? Yeah, so I, I, I think of, of you know, several things um, when it comes to cybersecurity. And the first is um, practicing good, basic cyber hygiene. Okay, and that could mean several things. The first is we see a lot of users that are sloppy with their passwords. And so that either means they're, they're not making strong passwords. So mm -hmm. um, their passwords they're creating are just the one, two, three, A, B, C. Mm -hmm. um, and those are easily guessed and crackable. Sure. Um, and perhaps even a bigger concern right now is they're reusing that password. So they're using that password on their Home Depot account and their Target account and their LCC login and their bank account and so forth. And once one of those sites gets compromised, Home Depot has been in the news, Target's been in the news. Actually, almost all companies have almost already been in the news. Once one of those sites is compromised, now the criminals have your login information and what password you used on that specific account. They're now going to run a five-second script, which is a program that tests that password and that login at all banks and all credit cards and, and, and all social media sites and everywhere to see if they can further compromise and get into those accounts. And because people reuse the same password, the criminals now have access into your bank account. Now they can start making withdrawals or, or purchases at Target or, or, or what, what have you. Now, so password reuse is a big thing. The second thing is recognizing phishing. Now, phishing can come in the form of emails or text or phone calls. And this is where 
It's false information. They're trying to get you to provide your credit card number or personal information about you, your bank account details. Usually it's financially driven. So they're trying to get extort you for money or, 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 or along those lines. And so recognizing those phishing emails, and you probably get those in your, your personal email and you, you get them in your work email. And it's, you know, like, hey, here's an invoice for a fake charge um, that you haven't paid or mm -hmm. your, your, your email uh, storage size is uh, you're reaching almost 100% and you won't be able to send emails unless you open this link or attachment. And so mm -hmm. the criminals are trying to infect your computer or steal your information. So phishing is another big one. The final one I can think of right now is malware infection. So when you do fall for phishing and open that attachment or link, or if you're just browsing the internet and you go to some suspect sites that happen to be compromised and, and have malware on it, just by clicking on that or going to these websites, that starts an automatic process where if the site's malicious, it scans your computer, looking to see if your software is up to date, looking to see what vulnerabilities you have, and then starts downloading automatically software onto your computer, infecting your computer. And once your computer is infected, then they're going to start searching all your files, looking for passwords, looking for bank account details, or they'll sit there and monitor you or, or steal your information or ransomware it and encrypt it and so forth. So, so some, some bad things uh, that could come from, from malware. So to prevent that uh, for malware, um, what we'd like to see is you to practice safe computing, to have an antivirus product running, to look for infections, to have your software up to date, to have your computer encrypted and so forth. Okay, so top two, or if I was to say it, yeah. two things, make sure you've got some good passwords going on, other than ABC123. <laughs> right. And, uh, of course, make sure that uh, you are careful about whatever you click on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, that, that seems to make sense. And and part of the reason I brought you in is because anybody that doesn't know Paul, he he has a tendency to be a little bit self-deprecating. And, 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 and he was joking, but I know that other people other than me and his, his mom listen to his podcast, The Safety Plan. I absolutely love what you're doing because I everything you just covered just now, you've actually mentioned on your show. And I have actually learned quite a bit from what you have to say. And that's part of the reason why I brought you on, because I want other people to make sure that uh, they have the opportunity to check out your show. Now, what's a little bit different, though, with this show is, is I try to get towards the positive end. You definitely are, are being very vigilant about making sure that people understand what to be scared of. Mm -hmm. But kind of what I want to know today is what are some something good that's coming out of the cybersecurity world or information technology? Yeah, you're, you're, th thanks for um, the, the shameless plugs for the safety plan. Oh, I will keep plugging. Trust me. <laughs> there's a lot. You're right. There's a lot of bad news when it comes to cybersecurity. And uh -huh. in my opinion, the last few decades, we have been fighting a losing battle and uh, kind of the wild west of technology. And, 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 and so sometimes people, uh, you can, I guess what I'm saying is you can almost assume now your information's been compromised and, and you've, you've probably been a victim of identity theft. But what that opens up is a lot of opportunities for positive things, like how to fight the cyber crime and what you can do. And one of the biggest things that is uh, maybe selfishly uh, an advantage is there's a lot more jobs in cybersecurity right now, and they are very 
high paying. Understandably so, that they're, they're there too. Definitely trying to yeah. get a lot more people into cybersecurity to try and, um, you know, make the world, I, it, I guess I equate myself to maybe the, the policeman of the internet to try and make things a little, um, a little bit safer on the internet mm-hmm. is, um, is one of the positive things we try to do. Certainly. I think the safety plan, the whole show's premise is set up to, you know, maybe talk about a little bit, a little bit of bad news. Like what's a, a scam? What's something bad that's happened? And then I try to make the show maybe same as you're thinking, more positive. Like what could you do so you're not a victim of this and not fall for this? And how can you best position yourself um, to, to never have this happen to you. And I will attest to that. You definitely do. I, I think a lot of what I'm trying to say too, though, is you don't get a, as much time to focus on all that positivity because you have to explain what to be careful of first. Yeah. And as you know, most anything you're going to hear in the media, the news these days, it's all going to be pretty much, you know, what it, it's kind of scare tactic. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, some, some of the good stuff doesn't necessarily make the headlines. Yeah. So and some of that uh, scare tactics is going to cause uh, anxiety and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in cybercrime, there's, there's, a, there's a big portion of it that's very technical and sophisticated and complex and very integrated. Um, but there are some things that um, are very in your face and readily available that everyone can do and, and on how to be safe and how to prevent yourself from falling. Uh, for cybercrime. Getting a little bit off subject, I, I suppose it's still on subject, but I was actually, when I was trying to look for questions, th- things to ask you, ways to approach it, I was I was looking up positive outcome uh, that have happened in the cybersecurity world. And I went to a website, you know, and they, they had this list of stuff, but the very first thing it said was, Almost everybody in the world has been hacked. Do you think that's true? That is that, that I do think that I, I've got a pessimistic view of it um, and that I people should assume that all of their information is now on the Internet somewhere and um, and, and they should operate their devices with the suspicion that, yes, it's already compromised and I should be on the readily readily looking for signs that it's been compromised, like an antivirus alert or or mm-hmm. something that that an, an unexpected behavior with the with the software, something along those lines. You should always have that level of suspicion when you're dealing with with technology nowadays. All right, good to know. That's mm-hmm. that's part of the conversation, isn't it? All right, so it did fit. Uh, over the past decade, uh, give me some of the best innovations or changes that have contributed to uh, combating cybercrime. Yeah. Big D, I thought we were going to have some softball questions here. Now you're, you're throwing overhand, uh, you know, hard style and Major League Baseball. It, it would have been nice to have these questions beforehand. But this is, this is, I guess, um, so some of the best innovations, um, I'm looking at multi-factor authentication. Now, this is okay, a yes. technology that's really become more and more mainstream today than it has been the past few decades. So, so instead of in the past where we just had a user name and password. Now, these are two things that were, are, are in your head that were given to you to log into the computer. Well, criminals have figured a way around this because people just happily give you this information or they can scrape mm. it or, or steal it other ways. So multi-factor authentication is adding another level. And so multi-factor would be now that the password and username is something you know, now it Another factor would be something you have. And so this multi-factor authentication is sending a code um, to you 
uh, when you go to log in to your phone or it's a phone call or it's a key fob or one mm -hmm. of the other ways, but it's something that you carry or have in addition to your username and password. So that's been a great um, technology that has all but eliminated uh, phishing uh, and, and the ability to uh, compromise accounts because criminals don't have your smartphone when they have stolen your username and password. And so they're not able to get into your account. So right. I think that one's been a great innovation. I think that is one of those things I'm still trying to learn to appreciate as well, because usually when I'm, when that happens to me, my phone is somewhere not around me. So now I've got to, got to look for my phone. I got to go back, put the code in. Right. But yes, I, I figured that would be one of your picks. It adds a level of inconvenience, but yes. it, the, the benefit of the security easily outweighs that inconvenience because you don't want... Uh, we had a user that um, that caused an incident last week where the user had $5,000 taken out of their checking account who didn't have multi-factor on their account. That would have prevented this account compromise. So, And that's the stuff I keep in mind when I go looking for my phone. So, <laughs> All right. The second thing I think of when, when, you, when you're looking at best innovations, it's the news attention and the cyber kind of security and crime knowledge and the policy expansion that has occurred over the last few decades, including um, like the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI and the military and all these organizations that are now spinning up departments and getting personnel and resources to fight cybercrime. So there's a lot more attention um, to try and combat uh, cybercrime. And, and I guess the final thing I'm thinking of when you, when you talk about innovations and changes is that I think people are being more careful now with their information because they are starting to wrap their heads around the impact of their social security number being out there and how criminals could take that along with a search on the internet uh, to get your address and maybe your job. Mm -hmm. And then they can, they can submit that information uh, in a fake you know, IRS refund uh, application uh, for taxes, or they can go commit unemployment fraud or, or, or take out a credit card in your name or, a, or a, a mortgage or whatever. And so I think there's definitely been a significant increase in the, in people's, um, you know, knowledge of, of cyber practices and cybercrime. I would definitely agree with you on that. And again, it, a lot has to do with people like you. You're educating people on it. And again, it's called the safety plan. See, I told you I'd plug it again. Yeah, nice, nice. You can catch it on lccconnect.org, too. There you go. I'm going to go ahead and plug the uh, connect all together. Uh, okay, since you got into it a little bit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit of a different direction in that what I want you to explain to me is how would you explain to somebody like me, somebody who's not into IT, what is the dark web? Oh, the dark web. evil okay. and dirty <laughs> dark web. Right. Okay. So there's, um, you have the internet uh, where you use Google and, um, you know, eBay and all the other great yeah. websites. And those can be searched for uh, through a search engine, search engine like Google mm -hmm. or Yahoo or one of the other ones. There are some sites that aren't registered with those search engines. So you have to know the address to get to the site. It's okay. on the, it's connected to the internet, but you can't get to it uh, because it isn't searchable. 
and you need a special browser to get to it. Um, and, and in one case, you would use, um, the, you know, the, the Tor browser, which is, it's kind of like Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge, but it's a mm -hmm. special browser. And it has the ability, because of the encrypted path it takes to get to these sites, it can get to these sites. So the dark web is a group of sites that is a little bit more difficult to get to unless okay. you have the special software and know the location. But on the dark web is these sites that do a whole bunch of illegal activity and some legal activities, um, but mainly it's used by criminals to perpetuate, you know, criminal activity, selling of drugs or, um, you know, drivers, fake driver's licenses mm -hmm. or doing, doing all types of uh, nefarious, malicious uh, activities. Oh, so dark, so dark. <laughs> you touched on it a little bit at the beginning, uh, but tell me the three most important things that somebody could do to practice good cyber hygiene. Okay, three of them, huh? Now, let, let's define good cyber hygiene. Now, to me, that means, you know, Practicing, you know, having a, a, a password or a thumbprint uh, protection to get into your computer or your smartphone. It means encrypting your device, uh, using antivirus software, having the latest software installed, so patched and updated, enabling and, and maybe configuring a firewall, you know, routinely backing up your data and then practicing safe com computing. And I spoke of that earlier, recognizing fish emails, using caution when downloading files, you know, staying away from those torrent uh, downloading downloads and browsing wisely and not going to suspicious websites. So those... All of those encapsulate kind of good cyber hygiene. Now, you asked me what are the top three, mm -hmm. and I'm going to go with um, our, our previous conversation of sure. solid password practices. Don't yeah. reuse your password. You need a unique password at every site, especially your bank account, especially your work login. You know, maybe some of these like social media ones like the Facebook and the you know, the, the eBay, not eBay, because that that uh, that has ability to buy things. But, um, you know, maybe uh, anyway, these, these kind of low level accounts, maybe maybe you could reuse passwords there because it doesn't impact you as hard. But right. the general principle is have a unique password at every site you go to and then keep all those passwords in a password manager. Now, that's it could be as simple as a, a yellow sticky that you write down all your information on, or it could be a Microsoft Word document that you encrypt or there's special software called password managers there's a free one key pass that you could use to keep all your passwords in it so you just need to log into that and then copy and paste out the unique password to all these accounts and you this is so important that you actually dedicated an entire episode of the safety plan yeah. to it so yeah Right. Yeah. If you go to my safety plan past episodes, <laughs> shameless plug number four. I think we're at five or six <laughs> oh, now, geez. really. But we should have go a counter ahead. in here. It's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I talk all about password uh, practices. This, the second of the three things that's most important is recognizing scams and phishing, you know, looking for those red flags, you know, is, is let's say the email you receive that says, um, you know, you have an invoice due and, and, and it's going to charge you $1,200 to your credit card. They're trying to create a little bit of panic and a sense of urgency there. So you don't think you just start clicking and taking action without thinking, but you need to review who sent it to you. Is that who should have sent it to you? Mm -hmm. Do you even have that product that the, the, the payments overdue on um, is there contact information in there so you can follow up with the sender to verify the legitimacy of the uh, the email hover over those links 
uh, that are embedded in that email to see if they're going to the same site. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the invoice is for McAfee software, is that link going to the McAfee.com website? Um, and, and look at that attachment. It is appropriately named. It's, it's really tough to click on links and attachments now because they could be all malware infected. So sometimes when you are suspicious, you need to run those through a scanner such as VirusTotal.com to make sure they're sa those are safe. Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing, recognizing kind of scams and phishing. The final thing of the top three things the average person should do is have backups. So that means mm -hmm. all those photos you take on your phone and you put on your computer and all those important documents like your your old tax returns and and all this information you should back it up onto a thumb drive or some other medium and then keep that separate from your computer and probably not even in your house in case your house burns down and you don't mm -hmm. have your backup so maybe keep that somewhere else that's safe say say maybe at your work or or elsewhere um, so having backups because the bad guys have figured out that those backups are super important to people because they don't want to lose their pictures. Those right. are memories that last a lifetime unless they burn in a fire. And so those backups are super important and that they're going to try and encrypt them or get to them. And so um, it's super important to have uh, safe uh, backups. Well, and I will definitely say that I am guilty of not doing number three as much as I should. Yeah. And I've actually had not, not due to hacking or anything like that, but you know, your computer, finally goes down you lose your pictures yeah. and i've actually had that happen to me so oh yeah is, so yeah. have i and yeah. i'm a nerd <laughs> yeah, and i, yes, I eat are. up this stuff i love it and <laughs> and it's tough like you're saying this is how i i try and combat it i set up a calendar reminder that goes off say every three months for me it's every six months and when i get to that date and that little reminder goes off then that kind of tells me make it a priority stick the thumb drive in your computer copy all the files to it, unplug it. You know, it takes, it takes a while, maybe 30 minutes, maybe even longer. Um, but to have it on a reoccurring, uh, you know, basis as a routine, that's one way that you will then frequently back up your stuff instead of letting it go right. until the point where you need it and right. you don't have it. And then you go, man, I wish I'd back that up. Man, those pictures are gone forever. Right. <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, Paul Swartz from The Safety Plan. Uh, thank you very much for coming in and talking with me a little bit about it today. Uh, I did. I know we've been joking about plugging your show, but I did want to bring you in, first of all, to bring attention to it because I think you are making a very positive and cool change in the world, whether you believe me or not, or whether I, you know, you, you're giving me this kind of, yeah, sure, whatever, <laughs> look on your face, but, but you are. You're doing some great stuff, so I wanted to bring attention to the show. Uh, last question, though, for you. Uh, this is one that I ask of all my guests. If you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? Now, now so this one I'm prepared for because you ask this question every single time. I do. Time. It is as, always my last question. As one of your avid listeners, <laughs> I enjoy the answers to these. And I love that people say, you know, hey, I'd like everyone to be kind or there's one concept I think I've thought about maybe presenting that was, you know, maybe you should think about what's the next best step I can take uh, right now. And if you think of that at any time, maybe it won't lead you into being overwhelmed or depressed or complaining or dwelling on a decision. Just think positive. So here's what I'm going to say to answer your question. Okay. I, if I had to snap my fingers and pass this thought to everyone... I think it should come from, uh, I think 
my my brother who who served some some time in the U.S. Army, uh, he had this thought when when he was on deployment and would come upon an issue or a problem, he mm-hmm. would say, and I think this is an Army quote: "Screw it, drive over it." That mm-hmm. was the thought. Okay. And to him, it meant you know maybe he's in a huge tank and rolling through a meadow, and he came up, came upon a wall. You know what to do. And as you think through all the different possibilities to the army, it was screw it, drive over it. Okay. And 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 this is what it means to me though. That well, phrase. That's where I'm waiting. That's yeah, what I was going right. to ask. Yeah. I'm not what? driving a tank every day. No, <laughs> I'm good. driving. A, yeah, no. <laughs> to me, it means when I come upon an issue that's intimidating or a solution that might not be obvious or it's painful, just having a positive attitude and taking action is what is best and will serve you well. So what I like to say to everybody is screw it, drive over it. Okay. Or positive attitude. (laughs) Remember, we can all contribute something good to this world. No matter how big or how small, a simple smile or a friendly gesture is all it takes to expand positivity one inch further. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org.